Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about small business ownership with our guest, Tani Lathrop. Stay tuned. Hello. Hello, Steffi. How's it going, Megan? Uh, it's uh, snowing, which is fine. Um, <laughs> it's my dog really the end of April. <laughs> I, I know. I, I have, I, it's been snowing on my birthday before, so it's fine. Um, we'll see what happens in three weeks. <laughs> I'm hoping this is the last snow of the year. I just, I think so. I think it will be. And I mean, it hasn't like stuck. So, although it did start coming down at more of a clip a little bit ago, but yeah, it was not like my favorite thing to wake up to. But then, no, you know, I know, I know, I know your dog was delighted, but I think she was the only one. She was delighted this morning and I think she's over it now. So my paws are wet. This is stupid. Yes. I don't think she minds her paws being wet, but she doesn't like her back getting wet. That's why she doesn't oh. like the rain. She doesn't like yeah. rain, but she loves snow. Um, but the other thing I actually wanted to talk about was this thing I found out uh, last week through the magic of the internet. And I shared with you, but I wanted to share with our readers or listeners. Readers. Um, <laughs> so used to blogging. Because it blew my mind a little. <laughs> And that is that the Tyrannosaurus Rex is closer to us in the timeline than the Stegosaurus. I was not okay with this tidbit. Right? Like, it kind of freaked me out. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you start to think about, like... For first of all, how long ago that was? It's a really to begin long with. time. But also, uh, all of pop culture has lied to us. Your cat doesn't like it either. He does not. He is outraged. <laughs> he does not want to be closer to a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Than no. A well, I, I saw it online, and I was immediately like, "I need to look that up." It sent you to the. Facts. It sent you down the rabbit hole, didn't? Oh. Didn't it? I mean, not a, not a super big rabbit hole, but I had to look it up to make sure it was true. Well, yes. And it is true because the Stegosaurus was during the Jurassic period, which is between 156 and 144 million years ago, which means that it was extinct for about 80 million years before Tyrannosaurus Rex even showed up. And like... I gotta be honest, I don't think that hard about dinosaurs. I was never really interested in them. Uh, and I just, I have a lot of questions about our study of dinosaurs. Anyway, <laughs> how do we know what they ate? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and how do we know what they sounded like? Anyway, it, does, it really doesn't matter. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just kind of thought that they just all sort of like coexisted. And I, I, I just, I, it didn't really occur to me that they were spaced out that over that long of a period of time. I clearly yeah. never took any sort of like paleontology, archaeology, I don't, any of that crap. I never took any of it. So, I mean, I think I remember in. You know, at some point in high school or something, we had to take earth science or something of that nature where you kind of, like, learn the periods of time. Yeah, I probably forgot immediately. Right. You learn about, like, (laughs) the Jurassic period and the Cretaceous period and whatever the other periods are named. (laughs) But also, I have read and watched Jurassic Park and uh, Fantasia and... (laughs) Yeah, and they all the just land sort of before like co- time, right? And they all coexist there. So obviously, I thought that those were documentaries and telling me the truth about dinosaurs. So exactly, I don't. I'm still processing this information, you guys, and you can you can make as much fun of me as you want for my lack of dinosaur knowledge and just assuming that <laughs> if it was in Jurassic Park and the land before time, that it happened. Well, that makes me just questionable. I mean, I know Jurassic Park is a movie slash book, but now I'm like, did they if do all any these research? dinosaurs? Well, 
I mean, I know that he did research because it's Michael Crichton, he writes science books, but also like if they existed so far apart from each other in the timeline of the universe, then how, if they're bringing them back to Jurassic Park, how would they be able to live together on the island when they literally existed millions of years apart? Like, they would not, it doesn't seem possible biologically, aside from the fact that you're bringing dinosaurs back from frozen amber-encrusted mosquitoes. Aside from the fact that Jurassic Park was a huge issue, like it was just a really bad idea that did not pan out well to begin with, so... And they kept doing it like a million times, it's fine. Um, I just have like some fundamental questions about that. This is why I'm no fun to like watch movies with. Unless you're watching movies with someone like me who also finds these discussions interesting because this is why we're friends you guys this is maybe why no one else was hanging out with us this is why our husbands don't like us that much when we're just like hanging out watching movies they're like shh stop talking yeah we're trying to watch this uh well a few weeks ago we were talking about what i should watch on tv and so you had suggested i think maybe i don't know if you suggested on the episode or maybe a text later but you suggested that I rewatch Lost. And oh, so yes. I've been rewatching Lost. And <laughs> my biggest problem up to date with where I am and watching Lost is that at one point in the show, they find a nice cave where it has like a nice freshwater stream and like a waterfall situation and it's protected. And so a bunch of them go live there. And also that's their source of fresh water. Mm. And then in the next season like they all just have abandoned it they left the cave for like no reason that they ever explained other than that they realized that they had solved too many problems by having that cave exist in the first place it's sort of like um it's sort of like in harry potter when she created the time turners and then realized that that was really a huge mistake and so then she had to destroy them and she who will not be named had to destroy them in the fifth book Right. So, you know, I, sometimes you just got to ignore the things that you created because that would just <laughs> solve a lot of problems and we need more problems in Lost, apparently. I, they really did not need more problems. I would think, like, having a water source would be, like, it was a big problem in the first season, and so then they solved it. And then in the third season, they're, like, back to just getting water out of the rain collection thing sure. without any explanation. And I'm like, uh... Okay, sure. It's fine. Uh, we're so much fun. Honestly, if you guys are like this, please let us know. Because we know that you're out there. Honestly, if you're listening to us and you've been listening to us for a long time, you're probably a lot like us. So it's <laughs> please let us know that you're out there. <laughs> Let's talk about Lost. It ended like 15 years ago. I would like to talk about it. She's Not still 15. Got issues. It hasn't been that long, but... It was a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. Although you did have a lot to say about it on our TV episode, so I do still really like it. Either, but it, there's a lot of problems. It's fine. We'll Just check- like apparently this dinosaur situation. Apparently the dinosaur situation. We'll we'll check back in uh, with you later and see how your lost viewing is going, and if you have any other big uh, big bones to pick with it. I will, but we do not have time for that. We do not. <laughs> <laughs> What? Has anything been going on for you? Uh, exactly nothing. Just, you cool. know, living my life. <laughs> Watching it snow today. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's a, it's a, it's a low-key life around here. Although, oh, oh, no, that's a lie. I went to glass. <laughs> Sometimes I forget things that I've done, even though I've done so few things over the last year. I went to a glass blowing class on Saturday. And that was really fun. Did you get to put the glass in the glory hole? Uh. <laughs> that is the only thing I know about glass blowing. Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so there is in Peoria, which is not too far from where we live, there is an all-female run glass blowing studio, um, which is really neat because there's not a lot of females in that 
area of like the art world and um they have like their shop or whatever and then they have classes that they do they actually have a class that they are getting ready to start called warm yoga and hot glass where you do yoga and then you do glass blowing which I was like I would totally do that um but yeah they have like different you know they have like different projects or whatever that you can make um in these classes but they like kind of walk you through it and um they talk to you about like they there's only like two things that they use in the studio that they are have not been used for hundreds and hundreds of years in glass blowing like all the rest because they have like an electric glass thingamajigger um I don't know what the right word is um and like that and like one other thing are the only like modern updates that they use the rest is exactly the way it's been for like hundreds of years and they like talk you through it and then you they kind of walk you through it step by step and like you get to do actually it was like a little it was a lot more hands-on than I thought it was gonna be um because obviously like you have to know what you're doing the glass is 1200 degrees um so it's not something that you want to like fuck around with but um they were like really good at instructing you like where to stand they had like colored squares on the floor so they'd be like go stand on the blue square for this or whatever but yeah like you actually got to do like a lot more than I thought I would with it so it was really cool so I haven't got my project back yet it had it has to cool for like 24 hours but I think my mother-in-law is gonna go pick it up um this weekend but yeah I made a little bowl so that sounds fun fun. yeah it was did you I would be worried about like dropping whatever it was that I was trying to make. Uh, no. So like they definitely are like very, like they're right there with you, helping you. Um, like they, they definitely said like, we're going to have to breach the six foot like social distancing thing here. We're going to have to be like Mm -hmm. kind of shoulder to shoulder with you. And so like they, and they can kind of tell they've been doing this for a long time. So I think they can kind of tell if you're like struggling or whatever, if you need help. Um, like the, but the biggest thing that they like pointed out was like, you kind of, you have to keep the like pole that it's on or whatever. Mm -hmm like spinning because the Mm -hmm. glass is so hot like if you don't like keep it moving like obviously gravity will just like pull it down or whatever right Um, but they kind of help like they could kind of they were kind of watching and could kind of guide you if they were like oh you need to like oh let's here let's help you out or whatever um because I was like oh no I'm gonna be that person that it's just gonna go like but I was not (laughs) they actually were like oh look at this you're like they were very impressed with the dexterity of my like spinning the pole thingamajigger and they were like oh are you a nurse and I was like no and they're like nurses are usually really good at this I was like I crochet a lot and they're like oh that's totally it so huh that's a, a weird thing I know. I was like, oh, well, apparently I could have been a great glass blower if I had just only known. <laughs> anyway, so that was that was that was it. But it was really cool to go to check out. Um, I had not been there before. My my mother in law had been there. Um, she had done a class there before, but I had not been over there. Um, so it was a new to me local business that I got to check out, which was awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of local businesses, yes, nice transition right into our topic this week. Mm-hmm. We know that owning a business is hard, and there's no doubt about the fact that COVID has made it even harder. You and I do our best to support local shops, but we don't really know all what goes on to keep those places going. And we have a one of our favorite local shops here in Bloomington. It's called Retrofit Culture. And so to kind of talk about some of all of the things that go into owning a business, particularly in the last year, we have invited the owner, Tani Lathrop, to chat all about this. Welcome to the pod, Tani. Hey, thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay, so my name is Tawny Lathrop. Uh, my business is called Retrofit Culture. It's on the west side of Bloomington. Um, we've been in this location for about five and a half years, and then we were in another location for two years before that. Um, and our shop is really interesting. It's very <laughs> eclectic. Um, so we have, uh, I would say most of our stuff falls into like gifts, but some of our things are 
handmade, some of them are vintage, and some of them are new, like newly produced goods. So um, that's kind of introducing you to the business. To myself, I'm 40. I turned 40 during the pandemic. I have a little two-year-old girl, um, and my husband and myself and her live above the store. So um, probably different than a lot of other small businesses. Our lives are very uh, entangled with our small business, living in the same, like literally the same building that we work out of. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I feel like there are probably other interesting things about me uh, that this last year has really zapped out of existence. (laughs) Um, I probably have hobbies. Or other things that I um, might have forgotten about myself at this point. So, so yeah, the, the, the things that I've been doing for the last year are business and momming. So, yeah. We feel that. And uh, I, so I have been coming to your store for a while now, um, pretty much since we moved to town, which I think was probably not too long after you moved into your current location. And it's the, the first store that I go to when I need to buy a gift for somebody um, and I want something like cute and unique. And when I have friends visiting from out of town, I always take them to Retrofit Culture because it's so cute and all of your, like, it's such a unique store. There's just, between the vintage and the handmade items, and you have a lot of locally made things, and it's so much fun. So I remember when Megan was visiting before she moved here, um, I took her to the store, and she bought many, many items. <laughs> I did. You took me, like, a little, it was a nice little Bloomington tour of yeah, local places. we went to, like, the Coffee Hound, and we went to Retrofit. It was so much fun. So I have, I have been in love with your store for a long time, but I would really love to know, what made you decide to open the shop? Um, I'm going to say a leap of faith a little bit. <laughs> so my husband and I have been living in the far north suburbs of Chicago um, and he had been going to grad school and when he graduated um, we we knew that he wanted to teach at a community college and he kind of was like hey do you think that I should like put a, a wide net <laughs> for resumes or should I try to stick local and I had been at my job my job at that point I'd been there for seven, eight years, and I was feeling like this would be okay to move on from. So uh, anyways, he got a job here in Bloomington, and I was very happy at that point to to move on, but I didn't have anything lined up here. I didn't, he had something lined up here, but I didn't, and um, something I had recently started at that point was selling vintage items on Etsy. And it was going really well. I was like, oh my gosh, people like the things that I like. When I find things when I'm out junking, those are the, and I love them, those are the things that people respond to. So I felt really encouraged by that. (laughs) And I started, um, I started uh, at like, what, what would they be called? Antique malls, you know, where you like rent mm-hmm. just a, a booth of space. I did that in a few different antique malls because at that time I was I was only focused on vintage stuff. Um, and after a bit of doing that, I, I kind of thought, maybe I want my own place. Maybe I want my own business. I guess I already was had my own business, but like, you know, very much my own storefront, my own aesthetic, you know, all of that. So um, we moved into a very small space. We kind of started small. We're still very small. We're still a very small business, but um, I think it was about 400 square feet. <laughs> so it was, uh, for a store, that is very, very tiny. Um, but it was going well, and probably maybe because of that Etsy vibe or just the things that I was into, I knew that I wanted to incorporate handmade items 
Um, I knew, even though I wasn't from Bloomington, I was already falling in love with it. I knew that there were wonderful makers here. I wanted to support those makers. So I, I knew I wanted to bring that into the store as well. Um, and, you know, the, uh, I'm not really recommending going into business without a clear vision or business plan. <laughs> like, I think that you should totally do that. But my um, my plan was just to have a store that was filled with things that I really liked, um, hoping that other people would really like them too. And so far, that's that's gone pretty pretty well for us. And so after being two years in that little bit smaller space, um, we actually bought a building where um, my store is now. And then, like I mentioned before, we live above it. Um, so we're not... Uh, we When we first moved here, we were renting a place to live and we were renting a storefront. So um, that kind of changed the dynamics financially for us to be able to buy... Um, a commercial building that we could both live in and run the business out of. So, um, so that's how I got started. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like one of the things about the way you know, obviously, you said maybe maybe don't do do as you say, not as you did. Um, although it does seem to be working for you. Of you, sort of curating all of these things that you really like. Um, is I feel like you have sort of almost curated like your ideal customer in a lot of ways um, in that like you have so from what I can tell of the people that I know who are big fans of your business um, you have this lovely like customer base of people who love to shop local they love to support you know local makers and artisans they tend to be um very much about diversity and equality and you know loving one another and like these are all things that i i feel like are reflected in the items that you carry in the store and like in that way have sort of infused into your business and the people that tend to shop there. So, and maybe that's just my view of it as an outsider. Maybe that's not totally accurate, but it's sort of how I have viewed your business for a long time. And I love that about your store. Well, that means so much because I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like you said that even better than than I could say it. Like, (laughs) I feel like, especially when we moved from our first location to our second location, um, it was in uh, 2015, no, yes, and then not long after uh, Donald Trump was uh, elected president, and that doesn't seem like those two should go together, but it was my own space, and I feel like probably as a country, but certainly for myself, was going through this like really reflective time of just like what is what is this what is this what is everything looking like what is happening you know Mm -hmm. and I think that that um it kind of brought me out of this idea of even more so of like I need to curate this store for everyone to Maybe I need to curate a store for people who who do th- think and and value the, the same things I do because they already did value shopping local. They valued um, you know uh, sustainability with vintage items and and handmade items. But um, that's really when some of our our merchandise in the store took more of a. a a turn towards like a little bit more left-leaning philosophy and and thought and um and at first I was really timid about that and then I thought no (laughs) this is it's not gonna be for everyone and and a curated customer is is the perfect way to say it I think that we have um especially 
really strong, awesome women who support the business. I love, love, love my customers. Many of them have become good friends. So I do, I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, again, maybe that's not, shouldn't be in everyone's business plan, (laughs) but it is, um, it's been okay. It's been, it's been a really, um, a good way for me to be as authentic as I can, both in myself as the person who's always at the, the counter, I'm the one who works here, and, you know, for the items that we have in stock. So, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think that's really important, too, because if you're, especially if you're in business for yourself, you want to have that be a reflection of who you are and being able to promote the values that you are for because otherwise kind of what's in a way what's the point like you could you could probably sell a ton of other stuff but if there's not a value behind it or a certain thing that you're that you're trying to bring out into the world then why why bother you know what I mean I I yes absolutely Again, said better than how I said it. You guys, I, <laughs> I feel I'm, like I did not say that. You're both <laughs> hired. You're gonna be my new marketing team. I love you both. <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you had to pivot during the pandemic? I know that you have done some delivery uh, services, but what else have you had to change up or um, you know make different in your offering? So before March of last year, we did not have a website. I'm sorry, we did. If you went to our website, it would say where our business was located and our hours. It was like a very, it was like a page. It was just like enough to have a website and not enough to have (laughs) any real (laughs) information on it. Um, Because I, I had made the choice earlier that I really wanted to focus on like the storefront, I wanted to focus on people coming in and having an experience when they were here. And I just didn't put a lot of time or effort into online sales. At one point I had early on and it just felt like I was splitting my time. And I just, I was just like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to focus, want to focus on in-store sales. Um, and that's what I had done until this last year and I realized that's not gonna happen like that Uh, you know I mean I I just don't see how this can continue so we quickly put together a website Um, we did sales through like Instagram stories before we had the website up and running we did um, curbside pickup we did we are still doing um, but especially around Christmas did lots of deliveries Um, and yeah, so there there was a lot of there was a lot of pivoting because so much of what I wanted was to invite people into the store, right? I wanted to have events and pop-ups and all of these wonderful things that you can do at a store. I wanted it to be a, a space in the community and uh, you know <laughs> that was not really an option anymore. So it was a big pivot, but I still um, I wanted to offer as much as we could. Uh, one, because I wanted the business to still be here after the pandemic, but also because um, because I still think that we have a great community around us, and I wanted to be able to offer uh, all the things that we did in store. So we were shut down for a while. Um, We didn't reopen until the first part of June last year. Um, And when we did reopen, we had limited hours. Um, We have more hours now, but they're still more limited than, you know, last winter. Um, So we have not only pivoted, but pivoted multiple times. Um, And I think any business owner or anybody (laughs) going through what the world has gone through this last year knows I mean so so many pivoting right like we just pivot 
constantly like this is a hurdle okay how do we solve it this is a you know this is an, a different type of obstacle um so so yeah the pivoting is is like the name of the game i think that's stabilizing now i hope it continues to I, we are definitely in a, a much more like routine type setting now with very regular hours and like not too much pivoting but you know who knows <laughs> this is one thing this last year has taught us right like who knows we'll right. have to reevaluate in another month and in a, you know in the next season and and so on and so forth so um we have pivoted a lot over the last year so you know aside from just like having to get used to that um what what would you say has been the biggest struggle in the past year maybe maybe not even just related to running the business just in and of itself but you know for you what what do you you feel like has been the biggest the biggest struggle i think the biggest struggle and it is about the business but it's a it, it's much more about life is is just balance has seemed harder in the in the last you know year and some change than it ever was before um so when uh stuff started shutting down for covid um uh my child no longer had daycare um my husband started working at home which is was amazing um very fortunate for us but he still had to work you know too so um just everything has seemed a bit foggy and that work-life balance has just been harder (laughs) because um I never feel fully like I'm parenting <laughs> and when I'm at work I don't feel fully like I'm at work there's there's just a, a much grayer area and whether you own a business or not I'm sure every parent out there is thinking something similar I just feel like it's a very shared experience and even if you're not a parent it, it's just you know there's just a lot of pull there of you know I need to balance some sort of social life with not being able to have a in-person social life. You know, there's, could we all just go on and on about how how there's been a lot of difficulties (laughs) this last year? But for a business owner, for a, a, and maybe I mentioned this, maybe I did, I'm the only one that works at the store. So there's nobody taking other shifts for me. There's no, um, I, I, I do everything for the business. So if I'm not, all in and on top of my game then something something is lacking um and as a parent I mean I'm with my partner I'm with my husband but it's kind of the same thing like you still got to be all in and doing what you need to do there too and that's not really different (laughs) than (laughs) over a year ago but somehow it is I right. think there's also something to be said, too, for the fact that so your daughter's two now, so she was about one when all of the pandemic stuff started. And I feel like having a one-year-old myself, a child who is recently one, you just sort of start to come out of the fog like of that first year, and then now you're being thrown into a pandemic. Like I feel like the first year especially maybe for a first-time parent is at least it was for me felt like a lot of a just a big brain fog and like trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing and then I like a thousand percent and then you and then all of a sudden you're like okay all right like the first year I've got that under my belt maybe I'm doing okay and then to be like well now there's a global pandemic and everything is just thrown off its rocker anyway it's like cool okay here we go I think you're absolutely right because I think during that first year uh, of of Kit being here, I just felt like 
I felt like a lot of in a lot of places with business, I was like, this is really this is good for now. I feel like I'm doing a good job how I'm doing it right now. But she's gonna start going here and this is gonna be able to start happening and this is gonna start happening and I'm really gonna be able to focus more on this part of the business or that part of the business. And then it's like, oh no, you you wanted to focus on uh, you know, uh, renovating more places in the building. Nope, you're not. You know, like, <laughs> your focus is not going to be on that. So, yeah, it. I'm sure that people have all kinds of a million different experiences that maybe felt the same way. But yeah, you're always kind of looking down the road, right? And I feel like. You know, January 2020, I was like, man, 2020 is going to be my year. <laughs> we Didn't all we all? That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so on top of everything. And then it was like, oh, no, you're going to be, you're just going to be on a roller coaster ride for, <laughs> for a while, you know. So there's definitely that. And that transcends owning a business. I'm sure that that is so applicable to everyone's life in some way yeah I feel like we kind of all just lost a year like no matter what you did in the past year like I moved across the country and but I still feel like I just completely lost an entire year of my life yeah 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 I we kind of collectively did yeah and even I'm sure even people who I will outright say I don't agree with but didn't slow down didn't change their their role you know just kept doing exactly how they had been doing they still lost out they didn't see all the friends and family they didn't get to go to all the I mean I don't think there is a person anywhere who hasn't felt the effects of the pandemic and I mean I guess I guess that's what a pandemic is, right? I mean, it's a pretty, you know, world-changing for everyone, so. Yeah. So is there anything that you have adopted in the past year um, for your business that you think that you're going to keep moving forward, that you, you know, lessons that you might have learned that worked out better for you um, or anything like that? Yeah, so we, we've started a website. Um, in hindsight, I'm like, why didn't I have a website before? I guess there was some reason in my head. But that, uh, I mean, that's, we're, we're going to have that for forever, I think. Um, I don't know that we'll always do deliveries. But I think during the holidays, during Christmas time, I think people really appreciated it. But not just because of the pandemic, because... It's hard to go shopping sometimes, and it's hard to do, you know, get everything done, (laughs) you know, when you're juggling a whole bunch of stuff, and I think people really appreciated that. Will we do it to the same extent? Maybe, maybe not, Um, but I think that we will keep that in some shape or form, and there is no reason for curbside pickup in any business to ever go away, please. (laughs) Like, I don't want it to go away for my business, but I don't want it to go away for anybody else's business either. That is something that I have loved so much this last year, and I I hope a lot of businesses keep that. We we plan on it, so. Yeah, we were talking about that in an episode recently where we were like, can everybody just please keep curbside? Yes. Just be amazing. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. So... You know, we've talked a lot about the struggles, but what's your favorite thing about owning a store? So my my favorite thing, I, I kind of say it like tongue-in-cheek, like, I like being my own boss, and I, I definitely mean that. I definitely mean that, but I think um, being the front desk employee as well as managing the store and doing all other stuff I think um it has been great that I am my own boss because um you know there are days where you're burnt out and you are low energy and I can give myself grace to be like 
that's okay today. Um, where maybe you're employed by someone else. Maybe you work at a grocery store or something. You know, I mean, that that's not something that a lot of front desk, frontline employees get. And I'm not exactly a frontline employee, but I also am. Like, I am... I am the person at the register, so I, I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate that I am my own understanding boss, if that makes yeah, sense. Totally. Okay. Um, and then I also like how we talked before. Like, I really like that I can share my values through our merchandise, and um, I run things through you know, friends, family, my husband, you know, I mean, I'm not like just an island onto myself, but like when I have an idea, I, I can follow it through to what ends I want to follow it through on. Like if I want to make a, a big change, I can, I'm the one who can say yes to that, you know, so that's in most cases. So that is awesome. And like really empowering, not not owning your own business or in a lot of different jobs, you don't get that kind of say in what you're, you're doing. So when you are the owner, you definitely do have that say, and um, that's pretty rad. Are there negatives? Yes. <laughs> because you're making the decisions, you know, like win, lose, or draw, you're making the decisions. But um and if you have a big idea, you also are the one that has to execute. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So th- believe me, there's some negative side to that, but it is very like, okay, super duper small, tiny, tiny, small. Um, we don't have any merchandise in the store anymore that says things to the, um, like the example of like uh, good vibes only that mm-hmm. seems like really, really positive thinking and is very popular to put on T-shirts or stickers or different things. And I won't have it in the store. Super small, but um, it's it's not something I believe in. I, you can bring whatever vibes you want to whatever situation you want. I'm, you know, I, I don't know. That is a small thing that I've made up in my head and can implement swiftly. Like, we're just not going to have that anymore. (laughs) um, So, and there's, you know, then there's umpteen small things like that that you can say, I I don't want to carry T-shirt companies that only go small through large or small, even small through extra large. If I'm going to carry a company, they need to go through 3x or you know whatever it is like i can i can make those decisions and it is very possible that no one will ever notice <laughs> but that's okay because i notice and i feel better about those changes so i think even if it's a small thing first of all the small things will compound into things that people definitely will notice but even one small thing like there might be one customer that notices that you don't carry a good vibes only thing and be like oh thank goodness I am so tired of that (laughs) or one customer who is appreciative of the clothing sizes it it doesn't matter that it's only one it's still a customer that notices and appreciates what you're doing Thank you for saying that because I I think you're right. And I think it does add up when there's many things like that surrounding. You know, it's not only that we don't have good vibes only sticker, but we do have a sticker that says mental health matters. Like, so it's not Mm -hmm. it's not just one thing that we may or may not have. It, it, It is a multitude of things that we we try to implement in the store and we try to always I try to always as a person do better be better um and so as a store that's something we're always striving for I'm sure that there are any number of people who could come in and and you know tell me different things are problematic and I can take that into consideration I don't have to I don't have any red tape I don't have to like run it through a whole bunch of, you know, investors or, you know, something like this. 
that if that resonates, you know, that can be that can be implemented that day even, you know, depending on what it might be. So Yeah, and I think like Megan said, you know, one person, it might really mean the world to one person that they know that you are going to carry size inclusive t-shirts. And so if they want a really cute locally screen printed t-shirt, they can definitely find it in their size. But then, you know, Megan and I are big believers in the power of influencer marketing. And we are all, as much as that word is annoying, we're all influencers to the people in our lives, right? And so they are excited about that. And that means a lot to them. And they go home and they tell their best friend about it. And their best friend is like, that's cool. I'm going to go check out that store. Like those things snowball. And I just feel like the when you put good out you get good back well you know I hope so because we do so little actual advertising (laughs) (laughs) I mean besides social media that's our our we really uh, rely possibly too heavily on but we definitely rely on word of mouth and I do hope that people see what we're trying to do and spread the word so that means a lot that you say that can you before we before we move on to this last question can you talk about um so you know you mentioned you're you're located on the west side of bloomington um so for folks that are listening that aren't familiar with the town where we live can you talk a little bit about what exactly that means and why that i think that that is a really great thing um and like with that community in that neighborhood yeah definitely okay so um bloomington um is probably not unlike a lot of small cities or large towns um there is a historic core um the older part of the city of bloomington um we have a very historic downtown um and the neighborhoods surrounding downtown are um older uh, housing and building stock, um, hundred plus years, hundred and fifty year old buildings and houses are really common, um, and to the west of downtown, so Bloomington's west side, um, over the years uh, has become um, has become more populated by people of color, uh, lower socioeconomic. Uh, economic class, um, working class, uh, it's still really diverse. There's still, I mean, tons of people from all kinds of uh, income tax brackets and different things, but um, it it is also a part of town that the city has not always kept up on. Older sewers, older roads, older infrastructure. Um, so as the town started building east, and developing a commercial district that way. Um, There are definitely uh, parts of town that have been more neglected and the west side, I think, universally people would say that the west side falls into that category. Um, But there's this little block that we're on that was almost like a second downtown. And there was a few different places in Bloomington like this, but it was was, um, a little commercial district because even though Bloomington's not that big, um, downtown, if you're if you're walking, was a little bit further. So there was this commercial district. It really catered to working class. The building that we're in um, was owned by Westside Clothing for 102 years, and they had uniforms for railroad workers, coal miners, um, later police and uh post office uniforms could be bought here they sold stuff like Carhartts and Dickies and like kind of that like rugged wear type type stuff um so but because the infrastructure hasn't been taken care of and and because people have started to view the west side in a certain light um a lot of buildings commercial buildings over here um were vacant so that is where we bought and um it is where i feel very at home my hometown of zion illinois um feels very much like the west side of bloomington so i feel extremely comfortable here and um 
But, you know, we still get questions like, how how's the business doing? How is it on the west side? You know, um, the west side is great, but it does it does have more of a, a stigma than maybe some other places in town. And um, I want to say that it's important that we have a business and a successful business here because I would like to show other small business owners that it's a very viable place to both live and work because we're doing both and we're loving it. So um, it's like our own personal, I don't know, love song to the west side of Bloomington and, and to just neighborhoods that, you know, maybe are not looked at as um, as viable places for business that truly are. So. Yeah, and there's, there's a couple of really cool nonprofits down in that area as well um, that are, one is called the West Bloomington Revitalization Project. Um, the other is the Tool Library. So it's actually, is exactly what it sounds like. Um, they have all sorts of tools, power tools, non, you know, not power tools. I'm obviously super handy, so I know all of the lingo. Um, <laughs> but you can literally go and check out uh, chainsaws and uh, uh, wallpaper steamers and snow blowers and you know all that kind of stuff um, hammers and uh, saws um, you can literally go and check them out like a library system for free um, and I mean I know tons of people that use the tool library and I know that um, the West Bloomington Revitalization Project WBRP has done a lot of work in that area um, and so I, I always like view you as very sort of enmeshed with that and the, the work that's being done by so many people who live and work in that neighborhood to show like this neighborhood is worth putting resources into and it's beautiful and wonderful and dynamic. And so I love that you're over there. I just, I really do. Yeah. I, I love being over here. We've, I know this sounds so silly, but I feel like I need to say, like, we've never had a problem over here. We've never had any, you know, issues whatsoever. And it seems so silly to say, but it is, like, people's number one question, you know? Sure. Um, and it's such, our very specific neighborhood, our block is very commercial, but then it's residential all around us. And there, we know a lot of different neighbors who live in those neighborhoods or, you know, those streets and um, wonderful people. We have the Constitution Trail that, like, runs just behind us, which, you know, connects to all different parts of the city. We are not far from downtown Bloomington that is a, such a resource uh, that people just, I don't even, if they, I don't, I don't know that everybody takes advantage of how cool downtown Bloomington is. Um, and, WBRP, I can't say enough about. They do have the tool library, which is amazing. They have um, community gardens. They have um, the bike co-op, which helps uh, get bicycles out to people, um, to them, but also helps them learn how to fix them up so that that's a viable uh, source of transportation and recreation for people. Um, We're right behind Project Oz, which... they do so many wonderful things for the youth in our community. So, um, oh, and also uh, Upper Limits is right down the street from us. Oh, and yeah. I do not know. I feel like there are definitely tons of people that know about Upper Limits, but, like, it is the coolest thing. So it's a grain silo, huge grain silos that have been, like, outfitted with rock climbing um, gear inside. And, like, you climb up these huge, huge grain silos I I don't even know (laughs) it's amazing it's like very very cool a very cool reuse of properties yeah (laughs) yeah like it's so it's just so like um the the restore the habitat for community restore recently did like a million dollar plus renovation of their building that's also right down the street from us um making it much bigger and a much nicer facility so yeah, I think the West Side has so many amazing things going for it. And I I, I try with the store. Obviously, I try to market the store. But I, I also am always a little bit trying to market the West Side, too, because I just think it's so great. And I don't know that everybody 
views it in the same loving eyes that I have for it, but I I want everybody to, so I'm going to keep keep at that because it's it's dope. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's just another like point that when you have your own small business, like you're your own your own your own boss, and you have had the ability to like you know curate your your customer type and all of that stuff, but like you also have the ability to like do good in your community and give back into your community and show people all the beautiful things about your community and those are all things that you're doing. I live like a block off of downtown and I know a lot of people especially the neighborhood that we moved from would be like oh you're what why do you live in that area I'm like you don't even you don't even know what you're missing like it's a great place to live there's I think they just think of like, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking of when they think of neighborhoods that are, you know, more diverse and maybe not in their income bracket or whatever it is, but they're great neighborhoods. And I am always just being like, this is probably the best place that we could be living for us right now. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Like you're missing out on so much by not being in an area where you can really be with your community. Yeah, I, I, yes, all of what you said, a thousand percent. It's always, you know, even after living here for five and a half years and having the store here for five and a half years, it is still always like, it always takes me a second when people are like, so everything's like okay here. And, you know, they kind of do that, like, I don't know, like puppy dog look, kind of like, yeah, it's, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah. It is. And I do know what you mean, but I'm not going to play into it. I'm just going to tell you that we're having a really amazing time living and and working on the West Side um, because that's what we've experienced. So So ever since we moved here, my kids have been like, when are you going to open your own business? So... What advice would you give to people out there who might be thinking about opening their own business or their own storefront? Oh, wow. Um, that's huge. <laughs> so <laughs> I I could probably tell you a million things not to do or to do better than I'm doing. But <laughs> the the number one thing that I would say um, is to to make sure you pay yourself. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it is so um, easy to like reinvest and, and do those different things. Make sure you're budgeting to, to pay yourself and not, um, and give yourself raises and like evaluate your performance. Like y- you really need to be your own boss in, in a way that another boss would be as well, if that makes sense any sense but you need to advocate for yourself as an employee and appreciate (laughs) and and be your own boss and evaluate yourself it it's it's all about wearing all those hats and to someone not having a small business that's probably like what do you mean pay yourself what do you mean like you just get a paycheck right no (laughs) no like you you have to determine those things and um make sure that you are I don't know, doing right by yourself, if that makes, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, because I've read a lot of stories about small business owners who just is reinvest everything into their business, and so they don't take a paycheck at all and just live off their savings for years because they're trying to make the business successful to their own detriment, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that is... I mean, and in the beginning, like, I mean, when I say the beginning, I mean, like, the first several months, there's just, I mean, it's just, like, writing checks, like, all the time. Like, oh, I need this, I need this. But, you know, at some point, and at some point should be much sooner than a few years, like, you you need to make sure that you are um, um, doing right by yourself and, and as your, you know, for your family, too, like, um, so... Maybe don't reinvest this portion and make sure that you spend it on you. 
and wait, spend it on you. That means that makes it sound like you're gonna go to, to a spa or something. I mean, spend, <laughs> spend it on paying yourself. Buy yourself some groceries. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some Make groceries. Sure Treat yourself with groceries. There you go. I la- I also like the point about like essentially doing your own performance evaluation because I think depending on your personality type, I think it could be easy to go one of two ways. Either you just think everything that you do is fine and awesome, or you are the type of personality, if you're me, that's like, oh, everything I do is garbage. And so <laughs> I, I do like that sort of taking a step back and maybe doing your own performance review as if you were a boss doing that for an employee um, and being able to look at like what are the great things and positive things that I've done this year where what are my opportunities for growth and like forcing yourself to look at your own performance a little bit more objectively um, maybe just carving time out regularly to do that I, I like that point that you just made about that yeah I think it's important because you really so there's small business where you have you do have employees. If you're running a business as small as mine and you are your only employee, you are really just playing like musical hats instead of musical chairs. Like right now I am, you know, doing this part of the job and, and I think, yeah, evaluating yourself and where you can do better and also praising yourself for when you're doing something good. Super important. Tani, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. Um, you know, I just I sound like a total fangirl, but I really love your business. I love your story. I love you. Um, and it was really fun to get to hear a little bit more behind the scenes and chat about it. So let's wrap up the week with joy. Uh, what is bringing you joy right now, Tani? Um... So it's something really tiny and small, um, but my two-year-old has learned to say dandelion. It doesn't sound like dandelion. It sounds like dandelion or something like this, but they're, well, probably not now because it snowed today, but usually they're just all over, right? And so you see them everywhere, and she's just like, dandelion, dandelion, dandelion. And this past week, she picked one for me and brought it to me, and I died. Complete puddle. <laughs> yeah. So dandelions and Kit are bringing me joy this week. Aw. I love it. Steffi, what about you? So mine is maybe not as wholesome as Tani's. <laughs> uh, so we are recording this. It is 420. Um, my, so we get BarkBox for our dogs. Um, if you do not have dogs and you're not familiar with BarkBox, it's a subscription box that comes once a month and it has a couple of toys in it and some treats and the toys are always like themed and every now and again, like they'll have extra toys, like an extra theme and you can choose to add to the box and this month they sent out the best email a few days ago and it was basically it was like there's nothing weird about this email at all like this the subject was this is a normal email with like a little green sprout and then like the eyeball emojis and we have some exciting normal news um at farm fresh savings just for you in honor of the 20th of this very normal month and then they showed like all of the 420 dog toys they had but they like named them so like they showed it was like a joint but they called it smug spinach burrito and they had a (laughs) cannabis leaf and they called it a single maple leaf and they they had these two different size bongs and one was weird watering can and the other is bigger weird watering can and I was just like (laughs) in my pants I didn't I, I very unfortunately did not add any to our box because it did come today that would have been really excellent timing um but I was just like peeing my pants at these uh this business that is like hey we're just gonna go all in on our weird the other thing that is quite different that was bringing me joy today um is that uh I 
got an email from Jenny's Ice Cream, which we talked about Jenny's Ice Cream a little bit on the last episode. Um, but they sent an email that was basically like, hey, we know that Mother's Day is a really hard season for a lot of people. If you don't want to receive any of our emails about Mother's Day, opt out right here. You'll stay on our email list. You'll get all of our other emails, but we will not send you any Mother's Day emails. And as someone who... That's amazing. Right? Like, as someone who has had some extremely hard Mother's Day seasons, I was like, this is really lovely. And I think that other companies should implement that. So... Those are two things that some some companies are doing that brought me joy this week. So, Megan, how about you? Um, I also have two things. The first is that I got my first shot last week. Yay! Um, and I feel like my experience is different from yours, Steffi, because it felt really smooth. <laughs> Like, I went in and, like, checked in and then just followed the little, like, arrows on the ground and just kept walking and walking until I got to the thing. And I immediately was able to get my shot and then had to sit and wait. Um, So I don't know if they just had managed to figure it out in the time between when we both got our shots. But um, it was super smooth and awesome. So I was very excited. Um only a few more weeks now until I get the second one, and I'll be all filled up with my 5G signal. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, and then my second thing is that I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow. You're going to feel like and a totally new exciting. woman. I know. I have not gotten my hair cut in two years. Oh, my God. I'm so excited uh, for you. Yeah. Are you going for a big change, like a a chop or just a... Uh, I don't know. I think I might just get it... Well, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. (laughs) I suppose I need to decide. Um, Because I do normally not get my hair cut that often. Um, But also, right when I was going to get it cut last year was when everything closed down. So then... I'm like a year behind of when I normally get it cut, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, the length is really long, and it's just feel. I feel like I have so much hair right now. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know. I also in the time between my last haircut and now, I got LASIK, so I feel like I don't even know what I look like anymore. Oh yeah, I need some like new shape around your face kind of situation. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, I'm very weird. excited for you tomorrow. Yeah. Perfect. I, I expect text updates, obviously. I will probably hate it because that's usually what happens when I get my hair cut. I'll have to talk you into liking it. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. <laughs> I will. Also, I really liked my last haircut and then I moved away. So obviously I can never go back there. Um, so that's part of my problem, too. Usually I like it took that long to find a stylist that I liked back in Austin. So. I'm really hopeful for this person here. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Next week, we are going to chat about being introverts. We cannot believe that we've never actually had this as a an episode topic before. But we're going to talk all about what being an introvert means and just why we'd rather stay in. In the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Bye.